Welcome back to Lightshed Research, a podcast that puts our research notes in your ears for your convenience. October 18th, 2021. Sinclair's RSN future will not be streamed. Hashtag game over. We have long believed the regional sports network RSN business model was not sustainable. RSN's cost structures are tied to team licensing agreements that escalate annually. At the same time, RSN distribution is dwindling due to cord cutting and exacerbated by MVPD, VMVPD carriage drops. MVPD, VMVPDs are demanding that RSNs agree to be tiered, similar to premium cable networks. Think of HBO or Showtime, or they will permanently drop RSNs. DISH has proven that dropping RSNs that refuse to be tiered is a financially positive decision with reduced programming costs outweighing subscriber losses. Given that RSNs do not believe enough consumers would pay to add them as a tiered service, they continue to demand wide carriage on all MVPDs and VMVPDs. This has created a lose-lose situation for RSNs. Accept tiering and trigger MFNs industry-wide that evaporate revenue or end up dropped entirely distributor by distributor as agreements come up for renewal. Either way, the result is slowing and eventually declining RSN revenue with rising costs. Not a good combination for any business. While all RSNs are in an increasingly challenged position, the worst position RSN group is Diamond Sports Group. Sinclair overleveraged the Diamond Sports RSNs based on implausible financial projections. In fact, in May 2019, after Sinclair purchased the Fox RSNs from Disney, We wrote that we expected the newly renamed Diamond Sports RSN Group's EBITDA of $1.6 billion to turn negative by 2025. Sinclair has tried to convince investors that it can avoid a Diamond Sports bankruptcy by transforming its 14 RSNs from being locked into the legacy MVPD, VMVPD bundles to a direct-to-consumer over-the-top streaming service that Sinclair CEO Chris Ripley has labeled mistakenly a metaverse, and that there is a robust sports betting opportunity for Diamond Sports RSNs to take advantage of beyond sportsbook advertising revenue. There does, however, appear to be a slight problem with Sinclair and Ripley's D2C pitch to investors. It appears the entire Sinclair Diamond streaming pitch to investors is fabricated. See the comments last week at the Sports Business Journal's World Congress of Sports from MLB and NBA commissioners. Quote, Sinclair does not have enough digital rights from enough clubs in order to have a viable direct-to-consumer product. The other set of rights they've talked a lot about is gambling rights. They don't have those either. We've been very clear from the beginning that we see both these sets of rights as extraordinarily valuable to baseball, and we're not going to just throw them in to help Sinclair out. That was Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred at the Sports Business Journal's World Congress of Sports on October 12th, 2021. And here's a couple of quotes from the NBA Commissioner Adam Silver at the same conference. Clearly, the multi-channel video bundle is broken. I mean, we're seeing now an issue that's very topical is regional sports networks first and Sinclair in particular. We're trying with them to work through those issues. 16 of our teams are still distributed on those formerly Fox RSNs. And talk about broken. I mean, that's clearly broken at the moment. 
My long-term view is that we need to be in the direct-to-consumer business. Exactly how it manifests itself, I'm not sure. It may be in certain cases we're part of a multi-sport offerings and in other cases are direct-to-consumer. The NBA, MLB, and NHL's direct-to-consumer streaming future. What is abundantly clear from the commissioner commentary above is that the leagues all believe their future is tied to their local and regional digital rights. While the leagues all see the importance of being on linear TV as part of the cable bundle, important reach, and dollars, and believe the multi-channel bundle will exist for many years to come, they have all accepted their future is not in the cable network business. Who controls the rights? For the NBA, the answer is clear. The NBA decides who gets to monetize their local and regional digital rights. Albeit, given that any streaming decision has a meaningful direct impact on the RSNs that financially support each team, the decision will require all the teams to agree with the league. For the MLB, the decision is a bit more complicated, but it is effectively the same as the NBA. In 2019, Major League Baseball enabled teams to decide how their digital rights were monetized. However, only four teams actually licensed over-the-top, untethered to the bundle digital rights, with Miami, Tampa, KC, and Milwaukee granting Diamond Sports digital rights as part of the RSN distribution renewals over the past couple of years. While MLB teams were given the power to monetize their local and regional rights, the league still has significant say in how digital rights are monetized and to whom, and could likely override decisions it sees as problematic. Given the rapidly changing RSN landscape, we believe MLB thinking is now very similar to the NBA. While we're unclear of how NHL local and regional digital rights work, we believe they are likely to go along with whatever the NBA and MLB do. To be crystal clear, Sinclair's Diamond Sports has no rights to stream NBA games digitally today away from the MVPD, VMVPD bundles, and only has rights to four MLB franchise digital rights for an untethered OTT offering. Where do MVPD, VMVPDs fit in? We do not believe any major distributor has granted RSNs the ability to take their service directly to consumers untethered from the multi-channel bundle. Why would any MVPD or VMVPD agree to pay for RSNs for their entire subscriber base and then enable anyone to pay for the same exact content outside the bundle? It literally makes zero sense. In fact, we believe the reason the Dish-Sinclair retrans battle has dragged on and on is that they are trying to work out a new agreement where Dish is allowed to tier the Diamond Sports RSNs in exchange for allowing Diamond Sports to build a direct-to-consumer streaming service away from the multi-channel bundle. When Sinclair's RSN D2C hopes fade, it is unclear what happens with the dish renewal. We believe most, if not all, MVPDs and VMVPDs would be more than happy to carry RSNs on an a la carte basis, only pay if you want the content like HBO or Showtime, and would then not care about the launch of a direct-to-consumer local regional sports streaming service. Why enable Sinclair? Sinclair's poor financial decision-making has put multiple leagues in a challenging position. In turn, if you believe the future of the NBA, MLB, and NHL rests with these local digital rights, why would they then entrust those rights to Sinclair in any capacity? Not to mention, Sinclair has become one of the more disliked companies across the entire media landscape, including regulators. 
The simple answer is they would not. We simply do not believe Sinclair will gain access to any meaningful rights from any of the major leagues and teams. Sinclair has no expertise in digital or streaming, has never built a direct-to-consumer subscription business, and only covers a portion of the U.S. Sinclair is actually one of the worst possible choices for the leagues to partner with in digital. What do we think the leagues enable? There are still many pieces in flux, but we believe the leagues are looking to launch a new streaming service integrated with sports betting by partnering with a new or existing third-party streaming platform. Note, the New York Post wrote yesterday, the leagues were looking to launch their own streaming service, whereas we believe they will work with a third party. Number one, if the leagues are going to create and enable a new D2C streaming service untethered to the multi-channel bundle, it will trigger a quote-unquote change circumstance clause in RSN contracts. To prevent legal battles, we suspect the leagues and teams, now you see why it is critical for the teams to be involved in the decision-making process, will look to proactively go to their RSN partners and reduce the programming fees paid by the RSNs to each team. Think of it this way. We know that a competing streaming service is bad for your legacy RSN business, but you are not prepared to build or create a D2C service yourselves. So we'll reduce your cost structure and create a streaming service within a separate entity. If done properly, this would enable RSNs to stay afloat for longer, extending the runway for teams to collect local TV-based licensing fees, albeit at a reduced annual level, while creating a future for local and regional NBA, MLB, and NHL rights. Lower fees to teams could also enable RSNs to reduce the price paid by distributors, reducing the risk of carriage drops. Number two, keep RSNs with wide carriage on MVPDs and VMVPDs as the RSNs would not be the entity going direct to consumer. In the case of Sinclair, there'd be no reason to allow DISH to tier the RSNs if Sinclair is not launching a direct to consumer streaming service. The aforementioned potential of lower fees paid by MVPDs and VMVPDs could increase the odds of continued wide carriage. Three, aggregate local rights across the three leagues, NBA, MLB, and NHL, and license the rights to a streaming platform, such as Amazon or even Fanatics, which is trying to enter local sports media. We believe streaming partners that do not need to make money on the core streaming business alone likely make the most sense. Both Amazon and Fanatics could look at the larger opportunity of getting closer to diehard local sports fans. The new streaming-only partner would offer a geofence streaming service in each local market where there's at least one NBA, MLB, or NHL team. We would not be surprised to see the leagues take an ownership stake in the newly created streaming service. 4. Enable tie-in sports betting with the new streaming service. Remember, not only did the MLB say Sinclair did not have digital rights, it also said they did not have sports betting rights from the leagues and teams. In turn, a streaming partner such as Fanatics could be very appealing, as it is in the process of launching a sports betting business to accompany its merchandise and collectibles business. Who is impacted if leagues enable a new D2C local streaming service? First, the MVPDs. The availability of an over-the-top streaming service untethered from the multi-channel bundle is likely going to push all distributors to tier and or drop RSNs. 
the leagues likely hope that the fees paid by distributors to RSNs can come down enough as a result of lower team payments that carriage will be maintained. However, that feels a bit hard to believe unless costs to the MVPDs come down meaningfully. We suspect every distributor is going to want to tier the RSNs or say, we'll drop them and you can simply go sign up via whoever is offering the digital streaming package. VMVPDs. The VMVPDs outside of Fubo and DirecTV Stream have dropped most of the RSNs. While having RSNs has advantaged Fubo and DirecTV in certain markets, albeit at an uneconomic cost, a third-party over-the-top streaming option for RSNs would level the playing field for all RSNs. RSNs. Lower team programming costs is clearly a near-term positive as their revenue will be unchanged. However, the risk of being dropped or tiering is not going away, and now there will be no future opportunity to build a direct-to-consumer streaming service. Sinclair's Diamond Sports. Cost relief would help Diamond Sports avoid near-term bankruptcy, but the entire story being pitched by management ties to a direct-to-consumer streaming future, which now appears impossible. We do not see any way for Diamond Sports to avoid bankruptcy. The only question is when. Lower costs would likely extend their runway. Teams and leagues, NBA, MLB, and NHL, would position themselves to better understand who their fans are and what engagement actually looks like, as we suspect any digital rights licensing would be tied to robust data sharing with the leagues and teams. This would enable the teams to have a far closer relationship with their most die-hard fans that ideally would involve tickets, merchandise, sports betting, fantasy sports, collectibles, and more.